Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Hi, Chris. How you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. You sound different. I am on vacation. I think we announced that the last episode that we... Oh, I cut it. Oh, fair enough. Well, I am <laughs> in, <laughs> I am in a, a completely different part of the United States. I am sitting... Well, I'm not currently, but I am on a beach enjoying the waves. But uh, as of right now, I am sitting underneath a pile of very hot blankets, and it's getting very warm. So uh, this is the pain that we suffer through for you, the listeners. Yeah, to try to get decent audio quality out of your phone. <laughs> awesome. yeah, no, I was on a I was on a boat all day yesterday, so it was. A, I had a great time. I'm I'm very hot. It's very fun. How many times did you play the Lonely Island song? Uh, not once. <laughs> that seems like a missed opportunity. You're gonna need to go back on a boat. <laughs> I was riding around on a jet ski, and I kid you not, a bald eagle flew over me as I was riding on the jet ski. So I was blessed. Well. You know, so America, <laughs> it shows me was in full <laughs> effect. <laughs> it knew it knew, oh. but we're not here to talk about my vacation. We're here no, to we're talk not. about <laughs> this is a bonus episode. We're here to talk about episode three of Star Trek Lower Deck season two. We'll always have Tom Paris. Fantastic. I like that it gives away the, the lead there. Like it, it's just, hey, Tom Paris is in this episode. Here you go. Here's the, it's in the title. I was actually, I was not hoping necessarily, but I was wondering if it was a complete misdirect. Like we weren't going to have Tom Paris in the episode. Like they were spoilers. just going to talk about him. Yeah. When Boimler's walking around with his commemorative voice plate, I thought it was just going to be a situation where like he always misses Tom. He never, oh. we never actually see him. And then he, and then he rolls up onto the bridge and I was like, oh, expectations subverted. Yeah. So just to get some facts out of the way, because that's how we do, this episode is currently sitting at an 8.1 out of 10 Ooh. star rating on IMDb with only 60, 60 ratings. It just came out yesterday. The other two episodes, the last episode, Kayshawn is Eyes Open, is sitting at a 7.9 out of 246 ratings. And the opener, Strange Energy, is a 7.3 out of 353 ratings. So, I mean, overall, the, the season's holding. Pretty high ratings. They seem to be, I mean, they're going up as we go. Of course, this one might settle down a little bit lower, as is the norm once you get a few hundred ratings in there. As the title suggests, and as Chris just said, we do get a pretty awesome guest star in this one, with Robert Duncan McNeil coming back to voice Lieutenant Tom Paris, who has not been promoted and has been <laughs> regulated to morale duties. It's really cool to see him again. How did you... <laughs> How did you like this episode? Give us your thoughts and opinions. My initial thoughts and opinions are actually pretty positive. It's something we had talked about in season one, about how we noticed that the adventures were always Rutherford and Tindy and then Boimler and Beckett. And maybe maybe that was always the plan. Maybe they took that, or maybe not necessarily our criticism, but maybe other people were like, hey, maybe we should switch the, the groups around. So we had Tindy and Beckett go off on their own little adventure. Which I thought was I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> we learned a lot about Tindy. It's something that we a lamented lot. before. We didn't know anything really about her. Apparently, she may or may not allegedly have been at one point involved with an Orion pirate gang. You know, we could go to the Steve's hideout in the pirate planet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mistress of the winter constellations. I think is what her cousin yes. called her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought it was really good. She likes Klingon acid punk. <laughs> 
which is, you know, yeah. a genre that I didn't know existed, but now I need to know more about because I don't think you can really know the Ramones unless you hear it in the original Klingon. Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, we get a, we peel back the layers a little bit for Beckett. She tends to keep people at arm's reach because she's afraid they'll get promoted out of her life, which I think we've seen before. Everyone else that she knows besides the other three principal lower deckers have all gone on to do other things. Most famously, her friend who, who I, I don't remember why, I, I'm forgetting the episode exactly, but she has some friend come aboard. And I think it's the one with the crystals, right? The crystal episode? Is that the episode I'm thinking of? That one dude... Be like ascends or something. I'm, I might oh, be yes. the episode. Yeah, well, that was like the little side thing with Tindy where the guy ascends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, how about you? What did you think about this episode? I liked this episode for all the same reasons. I like that we get a lot more of Tindy and her struggles to be Starfleet, I guess, and not be a stereotypical Orion. Right. It makes the season one episode, the holodeck episode, the, the where they made fun of all the movies, where she was henching for Beckett as an Orion pirate or what have you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it makes that episode a bit heavier, right? Her reaction to all of the stereotyping uh, a little bit uh, a little bit different. Puts it in a different light, I should say. Also, like we talked about peeling back the layers of Beckett, you forgot to mention that she was on DS9 when Worf was there. Yeah. Which puts her there in a very interesting time period. She was on DS9, and we don't know how long she was stationed on Deep Space Nine. And Cerritos is her fifth ship, so she's been on a she's been assigned to a space station and at least four other ships. But if she was there while Worf was there for any length of time, that means that she was there either during the Klingon War or the Dominion War or both. Right. I think that there's been some fan theories that I I've kind of bought into about her and her experiences during the Dominion War may have shaped how, I don't know, I don't want to use the word broken, but kind of her neurosis a little bit, if that makes sense. Possibly. I like that they kind of like leaned into that a little bit, but didn't they didn't dive too deep into it. Which that's okay. But I like that they're giving us those little, those little nuggets, right? The little breadcrumbs of her past. I think we're also leaving out the elephant in the room, or I should say the Bajoran in the room, which is the yes. return of Big Daddy Shacks. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Papa Bear. In this episode, all four of our lower deckers are going through some sort of crisis, right? Tindy and Beckett are kind of faced with their past a little bit and things that they're not proud of, things that they don't like to share. Boimler can't, he can't walk around the ship because it doesn't recognize him because of a computer glitch, mm -hmm. which is funny. I thought a little overdone, like I was ready for him to move on to something else, but he's having a crisis of identity. Because is he a clone? Is he not a clone? Right? And then you add this in where it's not recognizing him. And he's just trying to get his last commemorative void plate uh, signed. And then Rutherford admits to feeling guilty about Shax saving him and dying in the process. And so he's he has to know. It's, it's eating him away that he has to know how Shax came back and why and basically ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And on top of all that, we get an awesome Orion chase scene. We get some great jokes. Probably my favorite Dr. Tiana joke with her getting in the box at the end of the episode. <laughs> Talk about subverting expectations. Uh, we see some Nausicans, I believe. They fight some Nausicans, yeah. which is pretty cool. They played Domjot? Yeah, yeah. Domjot, yeah. Is it Domjot? Is that the pool type, billiards so. type game? Play Domjot. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> We get a lot packed into this episode. I, I'm going to keep saying that. Every single episode of The Lower Decks is just 
filled to the brim with references or character progression and jokes. It's a very well-crafted show. Even when I don't like a joke or, you know, I'm like, ah, okay, that's kind of cool. We can move on to the next thing. It's still, it's still interesting that it's there and how much they're able to get into it. I think my particular favorite part of this episode was, I mean, obviously it's the A story with Beckett and Tindy. For sure. It is interesting that all four of them do experience some sort of, you know, use the word crisis uh, or crises. I think maybe more of coming to terms with what's going on with themselves. Maybe like looking within to see what's what's causing the problem. Like Boimler, he got transferred to the Titan and then how now he returns to the Cerritos. And um, now nothing's the same. You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you just need to talk to Billups to get the glitch fixed. And he's like, what glitch should there be? You know, Mm -hmm. I was on this ship. Like, they should already, like, I should already be a part of it. And he is by himself. He interacts a little bit with the other lower deckers. But for the most part, it's just him by himself, which is interesting because he was by himself on the Titan. And now that he's returned, he's still by himself. Yeah, it's interesting that they didn't, so they, they put Beckett and Tindy together, but they didn't put Rutherford and Boimler together. We have an A story and essentially two B stories, or B and a C, depending on how you feel about it, in this episode, which I, I'm trying to remember, have we done that before? Have they split into essentially three different groups? I think so. Maybe the flashback episode? Well, I think it was that one episode where Rutherford's trying to decide what he wants to do besides engineering. And I think it was uh, Boimler and Beckett on their um, together, and then I think Tindy was on her own. Very little of Tindy. Yeah, this is the first time that I feel like it's equaled out when they've separated. Yeah, yeah very, very cool. How do you feel about Shax coming back with <laughs> essentially no explanation? Well, he did. He, there was an explanation. He went to the Black Mountain. He fought uh, three clones fought. of himself or something. Yes, but like, <laughs> but what does that mean? Like, it, that's a joke. I get that that's the joke, but I mean, like, in the universe of Star Trek, how do you feel about him just showing up? I get that the whole that's the whole bit is that they're the lower decks. They don't get to know, and they're leaning into that. But how do you? How does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, I think it's okay. I mean, I think that's throwing all of the shade at Marvel and DC, like the return oh. of characters who have died. Or even Star Trek to a lesser extent. Because, I mean, characters come back all the time in other forms of media. What's the difference? Like, is science fiction, like, even ones that's grounded in as much reality as Star Trek could be, why is it so out of the ordinary for people to return, like, be resurrected? How Hmm. different is that from a superhero dying and then being, uh, like, for example, I think Infinite Crisis, I think, was the big DC event where some dude punched reality so hard that it shattered. (laughs) <laughs> and all these people came back to life. Like, I'm not even making it up. Like, I know, that, I know. That, that happened. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, in fact, I'm okay. happy to have Shaq's return. Does that mean that we're not going to have more Kayshawn when he became a puppet? <laughs> well, he was on he was on the bridge. Was he? Did I miss that? Yeah. When Paris arrives on the bridge, the captain is there. Kayshawn is there. And then I think the Trill and then someone else is on the bridge with them. Oh, I was probably just staring at Tom Paris. <laughs> I mean, honestly. It cuts to the, the bridge crew, and then it cuts back to Tom Paris. But yeah, Keishon was Gotcha, there. gotcha. Did you see Quarks? I did see Quarks. That's the second, because we saw Quarks in Picard as well in the background. So is are, are those just references, I assume? Or is are we to believe that with his brother as the Grand Nagus, Quark has just branched out across the quadrant? Well, 
I'm not going to flex my DS9 knowledge because I'm not as familiar with it as someone who just finished a rewatch of the series. But I, if I remember right, he talks about wanting to franchise at some point. Oh, yeah. Well, he's always trying to do something. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm looking at the screen caps and there is Kayshawn. Okay. I really was just waiting for Tom Paris. And then he, he sits down at the pilot seat or at the con, I should say, and almost kills Boimler. It's great. Okay. So we have Kayshawn. We also have Shaq. So what are their... Are they both security? Is one moving the ops, maybe? I think uh, Kayshawn will probably move on over to Satishan Studies with Jennifer. He's going to go work with Jennifer. <laughs> she showed back up in this episode. I saw. Behind the lady with the, with the Jordy visor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went like, oh, Jordy visor. Oh, Jennifer. It's Jennifer. <laughs> I'm up, waiting Jennifer. for a Jennifer episode. Yeah. I really am. I think that would be great. I have a sneaking suspicion that she and Boimler will become an item. Oh, and that'll just... And then Beckett will go crazy, and then... Uh, there's a really funny moment with Beckett and Tindy, where I think Tindy's like, oh, I thought you were just always with Boimler, and then she, like, panics, which is like the universal sign of someone who does have a certain amount of feelings for someone else. When someone mentions them to you, you have, a, like, a, a near panic attack, and you're like, no, 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 no. So maybe Boimler and Jennifer will be a thing, and then Beckett will freak out, and then... Maybe there'll be some weird romantic interest there. I don't know. I just have a, I, I anticipate you have a suspicion. That. Hopefully yeah. that's wrapped up all in one episode. That's all I got to say. Uh, and we don't get a seasons long Odo pining after Kira. Uh, thing. Series. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. It's too much. Did you have a favorite joke or reference or anything out of this episode? Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely um, when that guy is... <laughs> He's like, hey, Shax, I thought you were dead. How'd you come back? And then he gets, that's not Billups. I don't remember what the engineer's name is, but he like sends him off to his commanding officer to get reassigned. <laughs> like, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, I uh, no. I didn't know which way that, uh, that scene was going to go. It really could have gone either way. I think mine was definitely Tom Paris beating the cramp out of Boimler because he looks like a Kazon. Yeah. <laughs> he really did. Like, he did. <laughs> I didn't even notice it until Paris is just like, a Kazon. It just leaps into action. And I was like, oh, that, nice. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he does like pop out of a vent on the bridge and then like scream, like, ah, and then point towards him and scream out, like, Tom Paris or Paris or whatever his name was. <laughs> So I mean, it's not like he was very subtle in his no in his methods, whether intentional or not. So I also really liked not a joke or a reference, but a couple of times one one time in particular when you know Star Trek's always done this thing where we're off on some planet. In this case, with Beckett and Tindy, and then we cut back to the ship. But to show the transition, they show the outside of the ship, right, to set the scene, and then they're inside the ship. If that makes sense. Like when yeah. you come back from a commercial break in TNG that shows the ship for a moment. But they actually, instead of just showing the whole, all of Cerritos, they were focusing in on certain parts of Cerritos. So there's one point where they're very close to, I guess, what would be called the saucer section. I'm not even sure if that's the proper term. but And then there's a another time where it just shows the engineering section. It just shows the two nacelles and then right in the middle of the screen. They don't even show the full nacelles, I think, for part of it. It's just the engineering section and then suddenly we're in engineering. I thought that was really, really interesting. I don't think those are camera angles that we've seen before, most likely because, I mean, with it being animated, they're able to add as much detail as possible. 
much more detail than a model might have that's, you know, only supposed to be seen from certain angles and you have to mount it somewhere and then you have to get a camera next to it. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool that there it still looks like something out of 90s Trek or really just Star Trek in general, but they're putting a twist on it that I don't think we've seen before. I really, really liked that. I think this episode had another instance of we really don't know how the Federation starships are designed. So he goes through a Jeffrey's tube, hits one of the ladders and starts climbing, right? Right. 200 rungs to go or something like that. Yeah. When he reaches the top, he's walking along and then he says out loud, well, there's no reason for them to do a static discharge right now. Why would static be discharging from the saucer section if he's heading towards the bridge? Well, we saw whenever Paris turned the the engines on, like basically got everything, the propulsion system up and running. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he's not in a normal Jeffrey's tube right there. Like he comes out of a normal Jeffrey's tube into some sort of whatever that section is that would normally be filled with static discharge or plasma or what have you uh, when yeah. the propulsion system is on. So uh, because the impulse engines are in the, the saucer section, typically. Maybe he's at the impulse, maybe? Is that what you yeah. just said? Yeah, the impulse okay. engines. Yeah, they're, they're in the... Like, I'm thinking about the Enterprise D. The right. impulse engines are in the saucer section, and then the warp nacelles obviously attached to the uh, the engineering deck section, whatever it is. Right. So I think that's what that is. I mean, it's, let's be honest, parts of the ship are made up as plot is needed. Oh, yeah. No, d- no, definitely. That's what, I, that's what I mean. Like, I think that that's, was a nice callback. Yeah. yeah. That's just, <laughs> that's a typical, I mean, I, don't, I can't think of a series that doesn't, doesn't do that. We're going to see this part of the ship and the, for this episode, and uh, then we're going to tear down that set and never see it again. Easy. <laughs> a couple episodes a year. I mean, wasn't it in TNG, the episode where Picard gets a thing for the new science officer and they start dating mm-hmm. and what have you? That room is most obviously reused a few other times. It's got a circle thing in the middle. I think that's where they build Data's daughter, that whole bit. I think it might have been the same set where he uh, gets deborgified, which is the yeah. official term. So it's just they're reusing sets, but is it the, is it supposed to be the same room? Is it not? Who knows, man? I think there's a throwaway line in TNG about there being like eight fusion reactors on the on the Enterprise D or something to that effect. And you're like, well, why don't we ever see those other engines? Why is it always the warp drive? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's because we couldn't build those sets. So overall, how would you rate this episode against the other two episodes in season two? I think it's the best one of the the new season so far. Oh, really? I think if I remember right was my thing with the first season is every episode became my favorite episode or became the best episode, I think. Yeah, for sure. How about you? I think I agree. I think this episode is the best episode so far this season. However, it's not. I loved Kayshawn, his eyes open, mostly because I love Kayshawn. I thought that was like he was great. It has the funniest line out of the entire series, I think, or at least my favorite, when they finally escape from the collector's ship and the captain is like, where's Kayshawn? And Tendi says, just Kayshawn, when he became a puppet, <laughs> holds up the puppet. <laughs> it cra- I've been saying it all week, just randomly. I love it. However, because of, I mean, I look at the Orions, the much better character progression in this episode. I think the pacing was better. So I do think this is the better episode, but only by a smidge. And we all know how I felt about the first episode. So, all right. Well, we agree. Obviously, go watch this show. It's an awesome show, and it's just getting better and better. I like the the Voyager references. I like the... Sorry. I forgot to mention. Did you catch that he was humming the Voyager theme? Oh, no, I didn't. 
<laughs> Boimler no. is walking to the bridge and he can't get through the door and Jet's there or what have you, like before Jet uh, offers to carry him across the threshold, which is a nice threshold reference. I'm pretty sure he's humming the Voyager theme to himself. Just like he, I think it was the last season, he was also the one who was humming the TNG theme while he was in a turbo lift. Did you catch the, the captain's joke? He's like, let me take this thing for a spin. And she's like, as long as we don't end up in the Delta Quadrant. And everyone's laughing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a a horrible joke. It was definitely (laughs) everyone laughed at the captain's joke because the captain made the joke. And not not because it's actually good. Yeah. I half expected Tom Paris to like freak out over it or like roll his eyes like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. I don't even think he was piloting the ship whenever they went into the Delta Quadrant. So that was... uh, Whatever. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the next seven episodes. I'm still upset we're only getting 10 episodes a season, but if the quality stays like this, I'm I'm good with it. Same. And hopefully the next time we record an episode, I won't be under a pile of blankets in a beach house. Hopefully I'll be under a pile of blankets. That sounds nice. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening to this bonus episode on this random Friday. Chris, I hope you enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thanks, man. If you see more bald eagles, you know, get a picture or two of them. Sure. Show me just how much America you are. (laughs) If y'all enjoyed this, please follow. Give us a thumbs up. Five star rating, the little heart, whatever it is you got to do on your podcasting platform of choice to follow us and get notified whenever new episodes come out. Normal episodes come out every Monday. These bonus episodes for Lower Decks coming out every Friday. We'll also do random other bonus episodes throughout the year as new things are released or there might be a special event we want to cover, that type of thing. We just want to let everyone know to stay healthy, stay hydrated, and be prepared for Battle of Black Mountain. Thanks, guys. Bye. So I'm looking at reviews, you know, I'm looking at what people are talking about with the episode just to see if there's anything I missed. And I'm going to agree with this person. I can't believe there's no uh, Nick Lacarno jokes. Oh, with Tom. Yes, yeah. that I mean, yeah. maybe a little on the nose. Maybe they can't, you know, I don't know. I feel like they could have got it in there. Uh, he's part of the board collective now. Anyways, it's fine. Is he? Yeah, they I think they retcon him. Uh, he gets fortified or something. Interesting.